Episode 6 Under these circumstances, marital relations proved somewhat complicated. But Jackie loved and wanted Kyle all the more because he took her rejections so well. His patience with her made her ache for him the moment he rose, unfulfilled again, from their bed and got himself a beer. Back then she had actually admired the way Kyle used beer. It never made him sloppy or loud or mean. It simply kept him from overreacting to life's little disappointments, which drove other men crazy or at least out of the house for good. She sometimes wished her dad had taken up drinking. She followed Kyle out to the living room in her bathrobe, sat on his lap, and touched her forehead to his. "'Want to try again?' she said. "'Not now. Game's on. I want to be with you. I know.' It was her fault, Jackie knew. She allowed her mother's experience with her dad to make her distrust Kyle. It could not be his fault that the moment she tried to relax and let him inside her, her mother barged into her mind. In reality, Tessa was a mile away, babysitting Katie, teaching her candle-making or another of her thousand useless crafts. But in Jackie's imagination, she stood right next to the bed, watching Kyle's struggling rump with an expression of triumph. "'You don't know this guy. You've never known him. How do you know he won't up and leave you tomorrow?' Jackie reminded herself that Kyle wasn't like her father. Kyle had moved to Morton from Las Vegas, away from his family and all the glamour, to live with her. He had become a policeman, just like they'd planned. He was funny and patient and decent, a true friend. Yet in spite of her luck in finding such a man, Jackie could never fully give herself to him. How did people do it, she'd wondered, let themselves go and tear at each other like animals. Come on, Kyle. Not now. She went back to bed and stared at the yellowed ceiling the way better situated people gazed at the ocean. She knew its every lump and wave. She noted the spider she'd smashed with a broom years ago, its body in the shape of an eight, or an infinity, depending on Jackie's position, still stuck above the dresser. Then, last summer, Jackie had started running. It had suddenly struck her, the desire to lope across the earth and feel it spinning away under her feet. Maybe it was something she'd seen on TV, or that spider with its multiple legs accusingly and permanently knotted. Summer was the worst possible time to take up running in Morton. Temperatures reached a hundred by ten in the morning. Citizens were warned to stay indoors and keep breathing to a minimum, lest the toxic brew of car exhaust, refinery emissions, pollen, and fertilizer fell them like so many cattle on the killing floor. Nevertheless, Jackie rose at five every morning and put on her running shoes. She eased the screen door shut behind her so as not to wake her family. The sky was the color of a policeman's uniform. Faint silver stars poked through the haze like buttons. The air settled softly on her skin. She pushed off. One morning she came back, taut and exhilarated, and found Kyle sitting on the edge of the bed. He wore that expression that still came over him from time to time, when Jackie least expected it, like he'd lost everything. This time the look inflamed her. She shoved him onto the bed, tearing off her shorts and jogging bra and kicking her running shoes across the room. "'Whoa there,' Kyle said as Jackie gnawed and sucked at his neck, his chest, his belly. "'What the hell? Let's not get crazy.' She pulled him on top of her, licking, clawing, Kyle slid his boxers off, his face a muddle of wonder and confusion. Jackie howled at his every touch and shuddered for real when he came inside her. "'I love you,' she whispered. He rolled off, and still she wanted more, took his hands, tried to place them everywhere on her at once. "'I have to go,' Kyle said. Early shift. Jackie fell back, frustrated and happy. She had turned a corner. That morning, she later calculated, Molly came into being.' As the weeks went by, Kyle left for work earlier and came home later. He was pulling or requesting an unprecedented amount of overtime, or else he lingered for hours at the missing link. 
He submitted to Jackie's attacks, but warily, never abandoning himself the way she did. He sat on the edge of the bed, flinching from the fresh bites and watching her lace up her silver Nikes, making sure, Jackie thought with a smile, she was not going to come after him again that morning. Her husband's fear intrigued her. The thought of it powered her up and down Morton's streets. She bought a Walkman and borrowed some of Katie's tapes, to Katie's horror. Punk rock pounded through her like power. It loosened her limbs and her hair, letting her run farther and faster than logic told her was possible. She became an airplane rushing down the straightaway, nose lifting as her wheels relinquished the ground. She buzzed over Morton's geometries, the box houses and squares of lawn and wadded balls of trees along the dry riverbed. Banking left, she soared over Front Street, lined by mostly empty stores as a strip mall encroached from the south. She passed the oil fields, pricked by pumps and filigreed with silver pipe. Then she broke free. The plane swooped over dizzying rows of almond trees, orange trees, carrots, cotton, and asparagus. There were roses, even. She always forgot about the roses. And great brown patches of cattle and feedlots. It was all here, Jackie thought. Everything people needed. Food, clothing, flowers, energy. Morton was the country's very engine, its heart, and yet it was mocked. People despised what they needed most. The insight struck Jackie so suddenly that she laughed and ran faster, guzzling Morton's questionable air by the mouthful. In Morton, as the rains come and the nights lengthen, the overheated land sighs with relief, and a cold, dense cloud stretches over the valley and lies there, like a drugged cat, until spring. Occasionally wind or rain will nudge it aside, but just when you think it has departed for good, it plops back down, heavier and more sluggish than ever. In the past, as the fog descended, Jackie had taken to her bed with even more of a vengeance than the rest of the year. This was the season of abandonment. Everyone else refused to admit it. Into the fog they dragged mountains of food, toys with grasping, tangled arms, greenery. Tinny music seeped from every nook and cranny as motorized Santas rocked on rooftops. For Jackie it was hell on earth. But not this year. The year, actually five months all told, of running. She bought a bright yellow rain suit with reflective stripes so she would not get hit by a car when she ran. You look like the Gorton's fisherman, Kyle joked one morning, two weeks before Thanksgiving. She laughed with him. She tied up her new pair of silver Nikes, having worn the old ones out already, and ran off, a ray of sun splitting the cloud. She came home more energized than ever before. Katie was in school. Kyle was working. Jackie was three months pregnant, although she still did not quite believe it. She had experienced none of the sickness or fatigue that Katie had brought on, unintentionally, of course. Molly did not feed off her mother, if anything the opposite was true. The child was a ball of light. Jackie paced the house. Her mind landed on a thousand things and lifted off, finding no object for its powerful sense of purpose. Today she had run seven miles and could have gone much longer. She showered, drank a smoothie. She cleaned the whole house. She attacked the long-neglected oven as the radio reminded women to reserve their Thanksgiving turkeys now, lest they disappoint their families and die broken and alone. These days, Jackie laughed at such fears. Her limbs thrummed. She scrubbed and scrubbed.